It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Two vehicles were towed after a parking mishap on Tuesday in the Harbor Drive parking lot left one car pinned beneath the other. According to the Sitka Police Department spokesperson Serena Wild, around 11 a.m., a driver was pulling into a parking spot in front of Hairplay. The driver later told police she'd been wearing new shoes, and when she tried to tap the brake, she accidentally hit the gas, forcing her car to hit a sign posted in front of her parking spot. The sign's metal rod acted as a ramp, launching her car onto the hood of another car parked directly in front of her, which was unoccupied. No one was hurt in the accident, there were no signs of alcohol use or impairment, and the driver refused treatment from ESL personnel who arrived on the scene. Both cars were damaged and towed from the scene. The Alaska Eating Disorders Alliance, AKEDA, is bringing a specialist to Sitka later this month to speak with healthcare providers and community members about the relationship between eating disorders and the brain. Chris Ann Rice is a volunteer with the Alliance. Rice's daughter was diagnosed with an eating disorder in 2008. She said eating disorders are complicated and surrounded by myth and misunderstanding. We actually diagnosed ourselves. Uh, as a family, it hit us uh, upside the face very quickly. Um, we had no idea of uh, what anorexia nervosa was, it was, sort of Karen Carpenter. Turns out both sides of our family, the skeleton that is way back in the closet that still some people have a difficult time talking about in our families. Rice and her family initially spent 13 months helping their daughter get treatment in Portland. They've participated in several programs over the years, and Rice says the best was led by Dr. Hill, a professor at The Ohio State University who runs an eating disorder clinic. Here's a clip from Hill's 2012 TED Talk in Columbus. But a person with, um, with an eating disorder, such as anorexia, when they eat, they experience high anxiety extreme thought disturbance, and noise. I want to give you an idea of what that noise sounds like. And so the person who has an eating disorder and has had her breakfast, she's now trying to go to work. She's trying to go to class. And the noise and the disturbance is acute. Rice says Hill's program helped them better understand the brain's response in anorexia. And while the road to recovery is long, Rice says the improved early detection and treatment of the complicated illness should include family members and friends. We didn't go to a five-day program and then bingo, we're done. There was a lot of hard work on our daughter's part after that. And it requires, recovery requires, and I believe in 100% full recovery, requires a tremendous amount of support. You don't do this alone. You cannot. Dr. Hill will travel to Anchorage, Wasilla, and Juneau this month for training and community presentations. She'll be in Sitka on September 23rd. You can find more information about the event and listen to the full interview with Rice on our website at kcaw.org. The State Board of Education will discuss recruiting Alaska's next Commissioner of Education when it meets in Sitka on Wednesday. The board will also consider selling a portion of the Mount Edgecombe High School campus to the U.S. Coast Guard for a docking facility for a new cutter. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Former Commissioner of Education Mike Johnson stepped down on June 30th and was succeeded by Interim Commissioner Heidi Teschner. 
Replacing Johnson involves more than handing the governor a list of names. The Board of Education recruits the new commissioner and recommends appointment to the governor. This is unlike any other department in state government. During its quarterly meeting in Sitka, the board will consider spending up to $100,000 on a vendor to conduct a nationwide executive search with the goal of having three or possibly four finalists for in-person interviews by next January. The board would then complete the interviews by the end of February and make a recommendation to the governor. Mike Johnson was one of the longest-serving members of Governor Dunleavy's cabinet, having been appointed by former Governor Bill Walker. Johnson was third in the line of succession to be governor in the event Dunleavy and Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer were unable to serve. The State Board of Education will also look at selling three waterfront properties to the U.S. Coast Guard for a new docking facility for a fast response cutter, which will be homeported in Sitka beginning in 2025. The three tracts of land are on Seward Avenue to the northwest of the shoreside facilities for the buoy tender Kukui and across the street from the new Mount Edgecombe Aquatic Center. The site is vacant except for well-tended lawn, Sitka rose bushes, and a swing set. The combined size of the properties is just over one and a half acres. The project plans include demolishing the current pier serving the Kukui and replacing it with a new one. No price is identified for the parcels. The action item for the board is to authorize department staff to begin negotiations with the Coast Guard on the transaction. The board packet includes a letter from Sitka Municipal Administrator John Leach urging the board to make negotiations with the Coast Guard a priority. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The State Board of Education is meeting in the Mount Edgecombe High School Library through Wednesday, September 7th. The board will take public comment on any item beginning at 8.45 a.m. The meeting is also streaming on YouTube. You can find a link on our website, kcaw.org, as well as phone numbers for those wishing to testify remotely. The University of Alaska Southeast has started its search for a new leader, with Chancellor Karen Carey set to retire at the end of this academic year. The search committee recruiting the next chancellor put out a job description Thursday. Applications and nominations for initial review are due October 30th, though the recruitment will remain open until filled. As reported by the Alaska Beacon, the UAS chancellor will be paid a salary roughly between $200,000 to $250,000 plus benefits, according to Kenny Campbell. UAS Public Information Officer and Executive Assistant to the Chancellor. The final amount is negotiated with the University of Alaska System President. Carrie will have served three years as UAS Chancellor when she retires June 30, 2023. She initially started as Interim Chancellor in July 2020 when Rick Caulfield retired. Later that year in November, she was promoted to the role permanently. The Chancellor serves as UAS's Chief Executive Officer and is appointed by and reports to University of Alaska President Pat Pitney. UAS has campuses in Juneau, Ketchikan, and Sitka. The Chancellor's established office is located on the Juneau campus. According to the UAS Chancellor Search webpage, the Chancellor must possess solid budgetary and management skills and experience, as well as a strong disposition to advocate with the Board of Regents, UA President, fellow UA Chancellors, and state government officials. 
Following the October 30th deadline for the initial review of candidates, the nine-member committee will identify semifinalists the week of November 14th, with semifinalist interviews happening virtually the week of December 5th. According to the recruitment timeline, a finalist will be forwarded to Pitney the week of December 12th. She is expected to select the next chancellor this spring. UAS has about 2,000 students and roughly 170 full-time and part-time faculty members. Most students are from Alaska, with close to 50% from Southeast Alaska. We are a small yet diverse multi-campus regional university dedicated to increasing Alaska Native representation throughout our programs and operations, Search Committee co-chair Jennifer Ward said in a press release. Ward is an associate professor of library and information sciences. The Search Committee includes faculty and staff from the Juno campus, along with several Sitka campus faculty, including campus director Paul Kraft and academic advisor Katie Sill. Two master carvers from Sitka are at work on totem poles for Sea Alaska Heritage Institute's Totem Pole Trail, planned to go up in Juneau next year. In one installment of a recent series, KRBD's Regan Miller reports on the work being done by Tommy Joseph and Nicholas Galanin. Tommy Joseph was just finishing up carving a canoe when Rosita Whirl from Sea Alaska reached out, asking if he'd be interested in carving a pole for the Juneau Trail. They wanted me to do a pole representing all of the eagle clans, all the eagle moiety. Joseph got to work in Sitka, sketching out his vision for the pole. Yeah, I'd done. I, I, I'd given them like I think overall four different renditions because I had it way too complicated at first and need to loosen up a bit and reduce some of it. And so we did that a few times. And after the fourth rendition, they agreed on it and so uh, made them their model. He's been working with two apprentices on the project, and he says it's coming along on schedule. We're cruising along amidst all the tourists. Crazy year for tourists, huh? Joseph says he thinks Sea Alaska's vision for the project is ambitious. He doesn't remember anything like it being done before. So that's a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of different uh, styles, interpretations, and and whomever the person is that's behind keeping all this organized and track with all ten carvers and all that is. I wouldn't want their job, but uh, I think it's quite amazing what, what's happening now. Meanwhile, another Sitka carver, Nicholas Gallinan, is at work on a pole representing the Kaguantan clan. He has more than 20 years' experience in customary arts and carving. He says the trail is probably the first time in more than 40 years that there's been so much carving going on in Southeast. I think it's going to be really important to all of, all of these communities. I think it'll be amazing for these artists that are apprenticing and getting to work on the project, hopefully, you know, in the continuum of this type of work. Gallinan's working with two apprentices, his cousin, Lee Burkhart, and a longtime mentor, Will Burkhart. Hopefully, um, some of these apprentices on these projects will be able to lead, you know, their own totem poles on this down the line. SHI's ultimate goal for the trail is to raise 30 poles along Juno's waterfront. So far, 10 have been commissioned and funded by Sea Alaska with a grant from the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.